I don't know um, whether you're like me, and if you've ever had a really bad day where nothing seems to be going right. I actually, I went, no, no, see, it's just me. I actually went shopping the other week, opened the car boot, and the jar of sauce rolled out the car and smashed on the floor. It was really bad, yeah. That's not even the story I was going to tell you. I just remembered this morning. <laughs> but actually, I had a really bad time a few weeks ago, a bad day. And you might find it very hard to believe about me, because some of you may have the perception that I totally have it all together, and I'm quite perfect. But I'm not. <laughs> So, I had woke up grumpy and crabby. I know, hard to believe. Actually, I I have days like that quite often. (laughs) I'm uh, just admitting here. And I'd woke up and I was just in such a mood. I was crabby with the kids. I was trying to get them ready for school. We were trying to get out on time. They just wouldn't do what I'd asked them to do. You know, get dressed. But I want to watch the TV, Mum. No, get dressed. Get your breakfast. Then I realised I've not even made their pat lunches yet. So I had to do all that. Still on a grump, I'm shouting at the kids, you know, because they're still not ready when I'd asked them to. Even Ali got it in the neck. I know, it was a shame. <laughs> even my dog got it, actually. <laughs> so we managed to get out the door on our way to school, drop the kids off, and then I had to be somewhere. So I got to the place that I was supposed to be, and people there knew I wasn't quite myself. And they were being so lovely. They were saying, oh, are you okay? But I had to put on my I'm fine pants. Please don't ask me. Please don't talk to me. I don't want to talk about it and don't be nice. Thank you. So I got through my morning, headed home, where I was just looking forward to enjoying a bit more wallowing and self-pity, when I walked through my front door and was hit with kindness and love, and I didn't expect it. I honestly stopped in my tracks with shock. Somebody had driven all the way out, because I stay in the countryside, they had driven all the way out to my house and put a beautiful bunch of flowers, a gift and a card in my house. Man, honestly, it just stopped me in my tracks and I cried like a big baby. (laughs) I really did. There wasn't snot though, so it was fine. So I cried and in that moment I realised something had changed. I changed I thought, all my life, I have been horrendous. The way I have acted, why would somebody want to do this? So I even messaged my lovely husband and said, babe, I'm so sorry for the way I've acted. Thank you for loving me in my worst bits. And he so graciously messaged back. I didn't tell him I was going to speak about him. So So he so graciously messaged me back and went, it's okay, babe, you have no worst bits. I know. Major brownie points that day, and he is a keeper. So, but in that moment, I stopped, and I realized I was shown love and kindness when I so didn't deserve it. And you know, that is the definition of grace. So this morning, I thought, we're going to unpack what grace is and what it looks like in our lives. And we're reading from Ephesians this morning, and it's Paul the Apostle, And he's writing from prison to the church of Ephesus. And he's telling them all about God's great rescue mission in their life. And who who they are in Christ. And it's all because of his grace. So we're going to open up. Anybody need a Bible? Ali can be the Bible monitor today. Hey, this is great standing up here picking on everybody. Oh, you do? You do. Put your hand up if you need a Bible. 
We have three. Woo! Okay. We're getting there. Okay, so let's all read. We're reading Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. It should be up on the screen. Yes, my PowerPoint has worked, thankfully. Okay, so are we all ready? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were, by nature, objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up, with Christ, and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. It's a good word. So, when I was preparing for this, I was looking up the different definitions of grace. And one of them was undeserved kindness, which we already spoke about. The second is, grace means favour. To bend or stoop in kindness to another. It has the idea of graciousness in manner or action. Now for me, there's one person that stood out that shows God's grace in action. And that was Corrie Ten Boom. Now, for some of you who might not know who she is, she was a Dutch lady, she was a watchmaker, and she was a Christian. Now along with her family, she hid Jews in her house, but during the war, sorry, during the World War II Nazi Holocaust. Now, Corrie and her family were found out for hiding the Jews, and they were punished and sent to a concentration camp. And they suffered and endured many things in this camp. But many, many years later, Corrie was out of there, and she was speaking in Berlin, when she came face to face with one of the Nazi soldiers who was in the camp. And Corrie had said that he was one of the cruelest soldiers in that camp. But he was now a Christian. God had forgiven him. And he had prayed to God and asked God for the grace of the opportunity to say sorry and ask for forgiveness to one of his victims. And one of these victims was Corrie. So in that moment, as Corrie was standing face to face to him, she didn't know if she could do it. She said to God, I don't feel like... I can actually do this. I don't feel like I can forgive him and show kindness. And right then, God said, stretch your hand out. 
Don't worry about your feelings. Just do the action and I'll take care of the rest. So she stretched her hand out and she took that soldier's hand and shook it. And for me, that was the very definition of grace in action. It's incredible. Do you really think that that soldier deserved that grace? If I'm being honest, no. Not at all. But we all need it. So my first point this morning is receive grace. Yes. I was very worried about the PowerPoint. So if we go back to the passage, Paul is explaining, and he's painting a picture to the Ephesians right at the start of the passage, how we all once lived and how we all need grace. And Paul says it in verse 3. All of us. It's like Paul was saying, do you see it? That without God, we're merely existing. We're running after our own desires and thoughts. So just like the story I shared at the start about my grumpiness, I was following my own emotions, my desires, and my self-pity. And often it can be like that in our lives. You know, and we often kind of go through the same cycle, the same behavioral patterns. And you know what? That's not living. That is merely existing. So it's looking pretty bleak for us all then. (laughs) You know, we're all just a mess. We're repeating the same stuff over and over. Thankfully, there is a solution. And the solution to all that comes in the form of a great big but. You should be worried. Buts normally can be negative. And we all have them in our lives, whether they're big or small. But often they can be stumbling blocks in our walk with God. You know, we can say things like, oh, I just, I want to get up early in the morning, spend time with God and pray. I'm just so tired. Or we say, I really need to go meet up with my friend. I just don't have the time though. But thankfully, unlike us, our buts are excuses. God's but is life-giving. So in verse 4 it says, but because of his great love. So Paul is saying, even though God sees our mess, he loves us that much that he wants to give us a gift. Even though we don't actually deserve it. Can we take a minute just to think what that gift is? That gift is Jesus who is the embodiment of grace, which means God sent a part of himself to earth in the flesh to live like us, to be with us, but to show us another way. Jesus did this incredibly kind thing that we didn't deserve. He took all our mess, he endured pain and suffering, and even died so that we could be made alive. And you know, There's absolutely nothing we can do to earn it. There's nothing you can say. There's no striving. There's no family entitlement or inheritance. There's no amount of good works or deeds that you can do. This gift is freely given. Anyone else right now feeling, whoa? Maybe it's just me because I'm quite messy. (laughs) It's incredible that we get given this gift. We don't actually have to do anything to get it. He just loves us that much. He's like, here. It's amazing. So, I don't know if God's ever spoken to you through the simplest or the strangest of things. 
NMD? God over it? Okay, well, me and Ali have experienced God speaking to us through toilet paper. (laughs) I did say toilet paper, yes. So I'd been out shopping, and I bought our old toilet roll. And when I got home, Ali's reaction to the toilet roll was, what is that? Uh, well, um, I said, Ali, it's toilet roll. Actually, it's our old toilet roll we used to use, and you didn't mind it. But you see, Ali and myself had become used to this. Soft on the touche, <laughs> she butter smelling, quilted lushness of this new stuff that we now use. And I said to Ali, Ali, but that old toilet roll, we used to use it, and you thought it was great. You didn't have a problem with it. And right then, the both of us looked at each other and we felt God speak to us. And we felt God say, that old toilet roll represented your old life. So we didn't think there was anything wrong with it. Actually, we thought it was great. We honestly thought it was the bee's knee. (laughs) Until we had tried the lovely new stuff. And it's like that God said to us. That that old life, you thought it was living. But once you had experienced the newness, it was so much better. And we realized, actually, it wasn't that, excuse me, it wasn't that great, and it wasn't what we wanted. It's incredible. Through toilet roll, he can talk to us. I want to just stop for a second. I want you all to bow your heads, close your eyes, nobody peek it. And I actually just want us to pray and really take that in of how God has taken us out of our old lives and given us something so much better. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you that you don't ever leave us in a place of despair or mess. Lord, I thank you that you you rescue us from what once seemed like it was a good life and you give us something so much better. Father God, I thank you that you know what is best for us. Thank you, Lord, that you take us out of the old and you place us into the new. Amen. So, just like that toilet roll, God has taken us from the old and into the new. Now this bit I get a little bit excited and passionate about, and I'm hoping you might know too. Not, not about toilet roll, the next bit that's coming. So, God has taken us out of something old and put us into something new, which means, honestly, it makes me buzz, I'm sorry, I'm maybe the only one, do we dance? He takes us out of lies and into truth. He takes us out of anger and into peace. He takes us out of theft and into generosity. He takes us out of gossip and into encouragement. He takes us out of revenge and into forgiveness. He takes us out of promiscuity, I struggled to say that earlier, and into self-control. And I love this one. He takes us out of condemnation, guilt, and shame, and he puts us into freedom and blamelessness. Isn't that awesome? The trouble is, we can at times struggle to receive this good gift, all this goodness that even when we've gossiped or when we have been angry, God then puts us into something good. We're like, what? That makes no sense. You know, there's bound to be a a comeuppance for how I've been or what I've said. But 
just like that day when an incredibly wonderful person showed me kindness when I so didn't deserve it. I still got that, and it's because that is the whole point of grace. Paul says, by nature, we deserve wrath, but what we got was love. But do you know what? We actually just need to learn to accept that. I don't know if MDL struggles with it, but I do. Just to accept love. I'm like, please don't show me any love. I have been so horrible. I really don't deserve it. Thank you for loving me, Ali. (laughs) So my second point this morning is living in grace. So we've now received grace. Are we living in it? We now have a new identity in him, which means we know who we are in him, and we have taken off the old ways. And you know, in this passage, Paul totally knows his identity. He knows who he is in God. He knows where he is going and what his purpose is. He is living in grace. He is in prison, in prison, and he is just rejoicing God for his goodness and that he's free. Sitting in prison. It's incredible. You know, in Ephesians, is basically this whole song from Paul just praising and rejoicing God. Even though he is in that place, he is living in God's hope and truth. Do you know, for us in this world, that often, not just the world actually, our friends, our family, our jobs, we can all put a label on ourselves, or it puts us in a status. You know, like, I'm a wife, I'm a mum, I'm a beauty therapist, I'm Miss Krabby Pants at times. We can also think, I'm too fat, I'm too thin, too loud, too quiet, too fearful, too messy. You're too educated. Mm, you're not educated enough. You make far too many mistakes. But living in grace says different. Do you know, we might feel totally undesirable at times, like I do many times. But in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, God calls us chosen. He calls us royalty. He calls us God's special possession. How incredible is that? I'm royalty. Thank you. But you know, living in grace, it means we are no longer bound by the world's views and opinions. And you know what? It means we're not even bound by our own opinions of ourselves, which I'm sure we're all really, really bad at having, putting a, a label on ourselves, our own opinions, and thinking, actually, that's the truth. It's not, guys. Speaking to myself here as well. You know, when we live in grace, we put on new lenses and we see ourselves the way that God sees us. And you know, I heard a great saying once, I think it was, um, I don't know if any of you know Pastor Stephen Furtick, I think is how you say his name. He's great, very shouty and loud and very American, if I'm allowed to say that. Um, but he's brilliant. And he said once, it's a bit of a tongue, tongue twister, he says... Don't see it as we see it. See it as God says it. 
Isn't that amazing? I'll say it again. Don't say it as we see it. See it as God says it. Which means, no matter how we look at a situation and we think, oh, it's like this, we need to put on what God has given us. We need to walk and live in his truth and say, it's different. I think it's amazing. So if you ever have one of these days and you're saying something over yourself, remember that. Don't say it as we see it. Say it as God says it. So ask him, God, what do you say about me? What do you say about this situation? And it's from there that is what you walk in. It's incredible. We do. We choose to walk in woo and what God says we are. We live in his truth. Do you know that grace changes things? This bit is quite hard to Because Paul says in Romans, verse 1, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Which means we don't just go, I'm going to do whatever I want because God loves me anyway. Uh -uh. When you walk in grace, you don't want to do or think or say the things you used to say. You see things differently. You have a new sight, a new lens to see things through. It's like when you come to know God, his spirit is your lens. And you know, it's funny, when I was going through this and I was thinking about all these things, you know, I think there's a word in the Bible that we may react to quite badly. And I'm hoping this morning that if you do, that I will change your view of it because it is an incredible thing and I love it. And that word is conviction. Anybody else here love conviction? What? (laughs) I never said it was nice, but I honestly love it because conviction means God's right beside you and he's just shown his love again for you. You know, conviction is like, I think I've got to work a bit harder here to convince you, but (laughs) conviction is great, honestly, because conviction is like an alert on your phone. An alert or a notification, it alerts you to something that is about to happen or has happened. Conviction is just when God prompts you or highlights something to you. It's like he says, hey, Lorna, don't do that thing. Mm -mm." Or he says, Lorna, see that thing you said or did? It isn't good. Or for us that are parents, you know when we say to our kids, I'm such a mum, honestly. When you say to your kids, don't do that again, you're going to hurt yourself. We say it because we don't want them to hurt and we love them. Guys, it's exactly the same for us with our Father. That is what conviction is. Do you feel any differently towards it? I can keep working on you, don't worry. So, I want us to look at Paul again. Now, imagine if Paul lived in the guilt and the shame, all these things that he had done. Now remember, Paul was horrendous. He tortured, murdered, and was totally against Christians. So he did some pretty horrific things. But you know, he was on the road to Damascus with Jesus, and he had a moment with him. And in that moment, he received grace. So if he wasn't living in grace, he'd still be under guilt, shame, and condemnation, which means he wouldn't be writing letters encouraging us, and he wouldn't be active in what he was doing, because when we're under guilt 
and shame and condemnation, that's not of God. And we sometimes even put ourselves in that and stay that place. Do you know, God didn't give us the gift of Jesus for us to stay wallowing in self-pity and put ourselves in condemnation. We have to rise above that and walk in who God says we are. So it's important that we live in grace so that we can be active in grace. Now I can see that some of you might be like, oh no, I've got to be active? Really? Yes, you do. So my third point is active in grace. So we've now received grace, and we're living in it, which means God can now use us to be constructive, not destructive. So I want us all to imagine that we're a vehicle. We're actually going to do this, okay? Everyone imagine your vehicle, whether you want to be a sports car, an ice cream truck, or an electric car. Just picture yourself as a vehicle. And I want you just to shout out some answer to me. What does a vehicle do? Move. Good one. We're on a start. Come on, people. Yes. Takes you to places. Keeps you dry. I didn't have that one, but that's good. Anybody else? <laughs> Bill, I can say I don't have it. My car's amazing, so it doesn't break down. But thank you for the input. <laughs> so, yeah, so a vehicle. It carries things. It takes us places. It goes on journeys. So we are a vehicle. And if we weren't a vehicle, or if we didn't have a vehicle when we were trying to go to these places, it could take us a little bit longer. So a vehicle helps us to get somewhere a little bit quicker. So we are a vehicle of grace. So this means we get to journey, and we get to journey with people. We get to help people. We get to go further and quicker. Depends how quick a drive we are, to be honest. We also, in this, this, I love this bit, we also, in it, get to see God at work. Who doesn't love that? When When you're on a journey with somebody, or you've been praying for somebody, or about a situation, and God answers that prayer, or you see him move, doesn't it just fill you? And remind you of who who your God is and how big he is. If it doesn't, we can pray for you. (laughs) I'm just joking. It is absolutely incredible. So we have something active to do. We actively have to go out and do something. And you know, God has something for us, for each of us. He says it in verse 10. Created to do good works, which he prepared in advance. So, I can hear you maybe thinking, how do we be a vehicle of grace? To start with, it is just showing love and kindness. And some things that I thought of, of um, being on a grace journey, being that vehicle, is that we do pal, pal cafe. Yes, I did say it right. We do holiday clubs. We can do things like speak to our neighbours. We only have one, but we still speak to them. We also have cows. I do speak to them too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You could go and put your neighbour's bin out. A simple thing. We can be an encouragement to people. We could cook meals for that family that have just moved in down the road or just had a baby. We could love people. 
whatever the situation they're in. We can pray for people. We do things like street pastoring. That is an incredible thing. And I know we have some people in church today that go out and do street pastoring. It's amazing. Thank you for doing it. We can invite people to socials. We can show grace in our conversations with people and how we see situations. You know, all it is is taking time to talk with people. Tell people about God. Demonstrate what it is to have God, which is a hope, a future, a place. We can share that with people. Now, if any of this is sounding a little bit overwhelming and you're thinking, man, that's a lot to do, Lorna. I want to encourage you. We are not doing it alone. We have fuel in our tanks, which is the Holy Spirit. And because God said he has already prepared it, that means he's our sat-nav. So it's great if you're not good with directions. He is our sat-nav. Do you know, when I was sitting going over all this and thinking about it, it isn't very often that you hear in the world nowadays of kindness, of love, forgiveness. We're just not a world like that now to forgive. We're out for, you wronged me, so I'm going to get you back. But you know, we can change that. All we have to do is demonstrate God's grace in our lives and through our lives. So don't look at it like a list of all these things I've just said and you're thinking, man, Lorna, how am I supposed to reach the world? You don't need to. Your grace journey starts in your home. It starts with your family, your neighborhood, your community, your place of work even, and your church. So church, let's be that vehicle. Who are you going to show mind-blowing grace to this week? Who has been incredibly grumpy? Or who are you annoyed at that you just need to show undeserving kindness to? Church, let's start.